Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. <laughs> It's like a weird countdown. Thanks for the intro, Jay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cut to the Race News Roundup Show, the weekly show covering the news, views, and opinions from the F1 world, brought to you by the Formula Nerds News Team. Jay and Charlotte are back. The trio are reunited. I've had a week with just Jay, a week with just Charlotte. We're back together. How are you guys? Very, very well. You know what? I feel spoilt to be back with my two favourite people to chat about some motorsport, eh? Oh, that's so cringe. <laughs> I mean, this is the highlight of my week. I was just thinking as well, Dan. We've done so many of these shows... And I've never complimented your intros. I love the uh, news, views, and opinions. And I've never, mm. <laughs> like, when he just said it now, I just thought, wow, yeah. that is so good. So I'm sorry that it's taken, like, five months or so for me to say that. But <laughs> there you go. Chills. Gives took me chills. took me a whole 30 seconds to write that line several months ago. <laughs> Very proud of it. Very proud of it. We have got a lot to talk about today. There is a lot of news. And, of course, we have the Mexican Grand Prix preview, which is the start of a triple header. I can't wait. I can't wait, but do you know what the thing is, right, is that is a big old air mileage for the teams. Yep. The Santos just doesn't sit right with me. You know, Brazil to Qatar should never be a doubleheader. That is such a long distance. Even Mexico to Brazil, oh, it's not too bad, but then Brazil to Qatar on the back of that, insane. I'm surprised they didn't put Qatar in a triple header at the end of the season. So Qatar, Saudi, and then uh, obviously Abu Dhabi. But yeah, so much that doesn't really sit right with me. That would be too logistically simple. F1 don't do that. But anyway, before we start talking about the rest of the calendar, we need to talk about the news. Um, McLaren have launched their Extreme E team. Drivers confirmed, livery confirmed, and this livery is blimmin' beautiful. It is absolutely stunning. Obviously, last week we did speak about it, and we were speculating what it was. My original idea was that it was going to be the orange and black, which I got it right. Very proud. Obviously, there was a subtle suspicion if there was going to be any golf colours as that was their icons but 
Wow, it's beautiful. It's so nice. It's kind of got like that graffiti kind of style, but then it has, you know, the main words and aims of what they're trying to achieve. Um, and I just think it looks really cool. I think that's definitely going to be my favourite um, uh, car on the grid next season. And obviously, we are now joined by Emma Gilmore, who is a native of New Zealand, which is almost like a full circle for McLaren, because obviously Bruce McLaren was a New Zealand driver and innovator and obviously the founder of this beautiful team uh, and she's got tons of experience in rallying rally cross cross-country rallying and she has also featured in extremely this season with veloce taking over jamie chadwick so very very excited very excited indeed they've pinched her from veloce while jamie chadwick where she's been while jamie chadwick's been winning the w series title what a driver she is she'll partner tanner Faust? Faust? I don't know how you say his name. It should be a very good lineup, anyway. Yes. I think they're going to be definitely ones to watch. I would not count them out. It's, isn't it so good as well, as I say, that a team with the motorsport pedigree of McLaren is entering Extreme E's and they bring real credit to the series and also bring eyeballs to the series, which is always good. And obviously because it's got those very good ethical aims. I think everyone's a winner here. Especially us. We get to Especially see us. more teams in Extreme E. And we get to see that so livery. Excited. We get to see that livery six, oh, that six times a year. so Man. nice. So it's, it's street art. I can. Some people hate this, but I love that livery. It, it's bold. You know what? It's it's something that like Banksy would do. I think it's that good. Like if yeah, you, you do you know what I mean? Like you, you you'd see that in Shoreditch, and you'd be like, "Of oh, course, cool, actually, pretty decent." Yeah, so it's so cool. It's so cool. Like, just very quickly, I've just found pictures of um, some of the uh, words and graffiti kind of style. It has collaboration, ecosystems, empowerment, innovation, uh, talk to friends, count us in, um, and loads of other things. Oh, I'm Strong, so excited. Bold words, and I love it. It gives me Danny Rick vibes. You know how he's like, all yeah. good, always, the honey badger. It gives me that kind of vibe. It's carefree, it's boisterous, and I love it. I'm looking forward to seeing that beat around some tracks next year. And actually, I've just seen the artist is Vic Lee, so thank you very much, Vic Lee. That is incredible. Love Vic to see Lee. it. Never heard of him, but her. Huh? I like his artwork. <laughs> I've never heard of him either, but I love, <laughs> I love his work. I've been persuaded. Oh, wow. Sorry, I'm just looking at some of his stuff. That's right. Sticking with McLaren, Nico Hulkenberg had an IndyCar test with them the other week, but he's ruled out a full-time IndyCar uh, drive, citing personal reasons, which surprises me a bit, but there's obviously a good reason behind it. Well, the very good reason is, is that he is now a dad. He's got a lovely young daughter called Naomi, Naomi Hulkenberg, which just rolls off the tongue absolutely eloquently. Um, he's 34 now, he's getting a bit older, does he really want to move his entire family out to the States? You know, the thing with, I think we often forget with any kind of sports person is that tra the travelling they do, they miss so much time with their families, uh, in, in their homes where they grew up, all that kind of stuff. So, Hulkenberg, who's raced in Formula 1 for a very, very long time, he's been based in Europe, I mean, I know all the teams he's driven for, I'm pretty sure, based in the UK, but the UK to, to Germany is nowhere near as far as the States to Germany, so I can see why he's probably Fair turned point. it down. Fair it's point. probably just like, you know, it's, it's 
something he probably will want to do just the wrong time. You know, his his little daughter is very very young. I think it'd just be a bit a lot for. Um, I, I assume he, I'm just gonna say girlfriend. I don't know if he's married, engaged. Oh no, he is married. It's his wife. I've just realised they got married earlier this year. My goodness. Um, did. His wife. Yes. Um, but I would love to see Nico Ulkenberg uh, back in some some sort of racing at some point soon. Or does this mean that he's going to join Valtteri Bottas at Alfa Romeo next year? Oh. oh. oh let no. me just sprinkle that in there. Just, <laughs> just drop there. that like a bomb. Just and then... drop that in there. It just came Jesus. to me. I thought I need to say it before I forget it. No, I don't think he's going to do that. I think maybe he'll look to stick, stick in Europe. Maybe DTM, maybe something like that. I don't know. Maybe WEC. Who knows? One thing I completely forgot to mention in the intro of the show, because I was just so spellbound by Jay's beautiful makeshift intro music, was that we have another episode of the Fan vs Nerds quiz today. So keep listening till the end of the podcast for that. Porsche are looking at an F1 return in 2026. They were last on the grid many, many moons ago in the 60s, I believe. Most likely as an engine manufacturer. They seem pretty convinced now it's just i think it's a case of cross, crossing cross, what's that saying crossing the t's and dotting the i's there we go it's just a case of crossing the t's and dotting the i's would you like to see porsche back on the grid uh, i do you know what yeah if it's a, if it's going to be as an engine supplier that's just looking like i don't really care to be honest you know i want to see Ooh. a porsche f1 team i want to see volkswagen really take a gamble and make their own team whether it's under audi or it's under porsche or it's under volkswagen themselves I want to see more teams on the grid. I don't want to see more engine suppliers. I mean, it's cool, maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe Porsche engines or Porsche powertrains might bring in more um, teams. You know, maybe. But for now, if it's the way it's looking and the way Porsche are sort of speaking about their entry, it's looking like it's just going to be purely as an engine manufacturer. So I can't say I'm too thrilled. Yeah. Um. I'm basically the same as Jay. It doesn't really make much of a difference for me. Um, it, it's not really setting my world Yikes. on fire. Harsh critics. Well, it's Harsh just critics. like, oh, okay, there'll be an engine manufacturer, cool. Like, that's not really the thing that you look at. You look at for the teams, their names. And then, you know, so, yes, you know, no, McLaren this year, for instance, was like, oh, they're getting a Mercedes engine. How exciting. But that's because we knew how, like, superior the engines have been these last few years. So for like Porsche to come in, I'm like, yeah, cool. And like I've said before, I'm going to say it one more time. I want more teams. So um, that would be more exciting if they were like, yeah, we're going to join as a team. So, I mean, it, we probably will see them very soon um, in 2026. So I guess we'll see where they'll slot in and how they'll fare. Do you know what? It's, it's an interesting subplot. You know, engine manufacturers like Charlotte was there now with Mercedes, uh, McLaren, sorry, getting a Mercedes engine this year. It's an interesting subplot how different teams, they may compete for different engine suppliers, how the engine suppliers give out who they supply, all that kind of stuff. But like we said, we want more teams. I mean, apparently all of this all of this is dependent on the, the new regs, the 2025 regs. And I think Porsche, they're keen to see more electrification of the powertrains. Whereas now it's probably not right for them. I mean, they did admit that on F1 have always said that they will never be a fully electric series. And I think Porsche sort of listened to that and accepting of that. But they're saying, Porsche as well, that if it is going to happen, it needs to happen soon because, you know, 
to develop these kind of very complicated engines you need to be cracking soon if it's going to be in what four years time or so so maybe expect some uh, concrete news in this region very soon indeed indeed i wouldn't mind seeing porsche return they're a very big name i think they'll attract new fans Huge. to the sport mm. but then again yeah engine manufacturer where rather than these Ger german rivals with mercedes as well that's what i want to see i want to see like a white livery mm. pure white livery i think with like the porsche the little that would um, take some scrubbing after each session to get that shiny <laughs> It would, Ask it would, but with that wheel wait, if uh, if Porsche are going to do it, I will willingly scrub the car after every single session for them. That'd be such a cool job, wouldn't it? <laughs> car, what car? Oh, car chief shot. cleaner. Chief, chief cleaner. Chief, chief cleaner. I, mean, I guess it. I guess it'd be it's doing like Ford Focuses or something like that. So there we go. Yeah, exactly. Other cars are available. I can think of worse cars to clean than a Formula One car. And just in general, Porsches—they're lovely. True. Very true. Um, anyway, moving on. Toto Wolf. Toto Wolf, Toto Wolf, Toto Wolf. Are you upset, Dan? I'm a little bit upset. I'm not going to lie, oh, Jay. Oh, here we go. Toto Wolf has been commenting, as Toto Wolf does, and he's speaking about Mr. Valtteri Bottas, who the regular listeners of this show will know I quite like. And he said that Valtteri Bottas is certainly not a phenomenon compared to Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen. Now, I know he's maybe not a phenomenon like Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen in terms of championships and race wins, but he's his driver. You can't say that about your own driver, surely. Um, I feel like you're not going to agree with me here, so feel free to disagree, but I yeah, will be I mean, defending Bottas. I, I, I get what you're saying, that you shouldn't really publicly criticise your own, your own employee. But he's not at the same time. But at the same time, he's horrible. not. He's not. Like, you see, like, Max and Lewis, they are generational talents. You, you don't see the, their lights very often. I mean, Bottas is a very, very good driver, but there's something about people like Lewis Hamilton, like Max Verstappen, that just puts them in that, that extra tier above, you know, the Senna's, the Mansell's, the Prost's, the Schumacher's, the Vettel's back in the day. There's just something that takes them to the next level. And, I don't know, you know, the... Just below that category, there's another category, and I think people like Mark Webber fall into there, maybe David Coulthard, um, Felipe Massa, they kind of fall into that category where they're very good drivers and they could maybe win the championship if there aren't drivers in that upper echelon bracket in competing at the same time, but if they are, they haven't got a chance. So what do, you, do you think that's fair, what I've just said? Do you think that Bottas is on the level of, of, of Webber of Massa? Yeah, maybe a little bit better. <laughs> Maybe, You've got 18 maybe, polls and 10 wins for God. Yeah, maybe you don't Kimi get as well. By being no, average. yeah, you don't get that Kimi by being Alonso. average. What about no, I, th I think Alonso's in the top tier. I would Alonso's, say Kimi's yeah, probably the tier below. Championships, so yes. Kimi, yeah, Kimi has a championship, which I'm not going to say he got lucky to win, but he took advantage of others' mistakes to win exactly. that championship. Exactly. Like, he won that by a single point through Lewis Hamilton driving into the gravel at the pit entrance. I mean, I think Bottas is just unfortunate with timing. I mean, he joined Mercedes, the best team on the grid, by an absolute mile. But he joined at the time when Lewis Hamilton was probably at the peak of his powers. He just lost to Rosberg in 2016. And, I mean, you've got to be very, very good and very, very, I guess, maybe lucky to beat Lewis Hamilton on his day. So, it's, it's hard. It's tough for Bottas. Do you think, right, let me just throw this out there, that... Let's say Hamilton retired in 2016 and if Rosberg stayed on, do you think Bottas would have a world championship by now? Oh, 
They made oh, put the cat amongst the you pigeons. You haven't even warned me you were going to ask me that. Um, um, maybe, because there's no question Lewis Hamilton's a better driver than Nico Rosberg. Lewis Hamilton's a better driver than Valtteri Bottas. I'm never going to say he's not. And like it's, I was reading an article about this the other day. Rosberg didn't ever really dominate weekends. He won races, but there were never weekends where he was dominant. Where Bottas does have those dominant weekends. It's so tough. That is such a hard question. I don't think I can answer that. I'd like to say yes. I reckon against 90% of the grid, he'd be a world champion. But it's Lewis Hamilton. This guy's superhuman. Charlotte's face is looking like one who is Charlotte absolutely is, Charlotte's sc- just her head scrambled. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Um, I, I mean, against Rosberg, I just it's so hard to say. I would personally say that I feel like Rosberg maybe would win. I'm not sure. He, he might win, but Hamilton's beaten Bottas for the last what, five seasons, if you include this one. Yeah. Do you think... Let's say he had the same amount of time with, with Rosberg. Do you think Bottas would win at least once? Hmm. I mean, look, I'm just here to throw At least out, once, know. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. One in five. One yeah. in five. Easily. That is, you know, that's the thing. I agree with Toto. There is just Lewis and Max, which is why this year is so exciting. Now, Max has, you know, he's, he's reached his peak. He's had his time learning, learning, learning through the years. And he's still only 24. They're just something different. It's this kind of like aggression and drive. Like there's just something about the way they drive, which is when you compare them to people like Senna, like Schumacher and things like that, which nothing against Bottas, but I just don't feel that he has that week in and week out like Max and Lewis do. Do you know what I, I, mean? I I just think people like Lewis, like Max, like Senna, like Schumacher, like Vettel, like anyone else who's Alonso, they just have that extra gear they can just tap into. Like like, like last week, uh, not last week, two weeks ago in in Texas, and like Perez, he looked like he was a contender for pole, and then on the final final laps in qualifying, the uh, Max and Lewis, they just it, found yeah. that extra gear. And I just don't think people like Perez or Bottas have that in their locker. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're obviously very talented drivers. And they deserve to be where they are, but there's just something special about them. You know, they're like the Messi and Ronaldo of football. They're the Tiger Woods, they're the Michael Phelps, they're the Chris Hoyes. They just have that extra something extra within them. I'd put Bottas above Perez, though, wouldn't you? Would you put Bottas above Rosberg? <laughs> they, they were. I can't really say because Bottas wasn't in. Bottas, by the way, when he was at Williams, when Rosberg was at Mercedes, was absolutely phenomenal. But he wasn't in a race-winning car, so I can't really say. Right, go on. But before we move on from this segment, I'll give you guys both... You've got uh, podiums you shouldn't <laughs> have got. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you three drivers. I'm going to list them from best to worst, yeah? Valtteri right. Bottas, Felipe First. Massa, Mark <laughs> Webber. I would say... Mm, I would put Bottas first. And I know Massa came closer to a championship. But I would put Bottas first. Then probably Bottas, Massa, Weber. The thing is, it's hard to tell with Massa as well because he had that injury in was it mm, Hungary where yeah, the spring hit Hungary, him, yeah, and he was never he, he, quite he was never the same. the same after. But pre O nine Massa was different gravy, yes, different gravy pre O nine Massa. I mean Weber, 
in this I don't know, similar you know, situation. Weber's, I think Weber's similar to Bottas, where he just had a teammate who was just ridiculous, just so good. Like I, I remember when I used to watch F1 back in the early 2010s, and just see Vettel win. We, I, I used to hate the guy, and obviously now I love him because how can you hate Vettel? I used to hate him every week. You would just win, you'd get pole, win by 30 seconds, and it should be so boring. But now I'm past it. You got to appreciate the talent, and I think same Hamilton. So my order would be Prio nine Massa, Bottas Weber. I think what I what I will say is I think this would be a totally different conversation if Bottas had had multi year contracts while at Mercedes. One year contracts have got to ruin you. Like there's no well, way you're fair. performing at your best under. I will give Bottas his props. I think the one year contract. over one lap is probably the quickest out of those three. But if it was like a complete package, easily. Like Bottas over one lap is ridiculously good, but I think as a complete package, mm. I have to go for that. that Bo- 0708 Massa. Bottas when he's on it is miles clear weekends like Turkey weekends like Suzuka 2019 uh, Austin 2019 Monza when he's on it he is on it he just does have a few off weekends which kind of bring him down see and also that's the difference as well between the drivers who are in that second two and in that first day the consistency when's the last time you can say Lewis Hamilton had a had a really bad race maybe, maybe Monaco this year but you know, like you can't really think where, like, or he like he's made a huge mistake that's cost him. But that's the thing, like Lewis Hamilton's off, like days and off weekends. He's still always in the top ten. Mm, that, that's exactly yeah. The, and the that's what's mad. It's like oh, you could be like oh, it's such an off weekend. He was like P five or like even P three. You're like cool. That's really rubbish. But it's just like no, it's just that he's not winning mm. compared to other people. That an off weekend would be out of the points easy. It's it's mad. It's mad. Well, that's too I mean, fair. I just go on to Cameron has made a mistake in ages. Baku, he did make a huge mistake at Baku, didn't he? Yeah, true. But you know, we won't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn um, break magic. But yeah, it will be interesting to see Bottas at Alpha next year when he does. He doesn't have that pressure of a one-year contract. Go on, Charlotte. Yeah. Sorry. Very quickly. Um, obviously, we're talking about that one quote from Toto saying he's certainly not a phenomenon. But Toto did say that his drive in. Turkey was a 10 out of 10 absolutely dominant which is completely true and I still think about his Monza drive you know he was completely dominant the Friday and Saturday qualifying and then sprint qualifying and it was just a shame that he had that engine penalty because well obviously it was a shame for him yes not from my McLaren heart but um yeah P3 from P20 is apps oh no P20 sorry no I'm getting confused he finished He finished P3, he started (laughs) P20, he absolutely bossed it. Um, There we go, that was really such an incredible drive. And that's the thing, it it seems something's happened since the Alfa Romeo announcement came out. Bottas has just now gone up a level. I'm not sure what's happened, but he has. So I'm thinking and hoping for Alfa Romeo that that can keep continuing with that less pressure and he can actually showcase his talent. Obviously... He might not be in a race-winning car, but I've got full faith in him. Let's go. And I don't know if this is still true after Austin, because obviously he was slightly further down the order in Austin. Was he? Where was he in Austin? Fourth. He fifth five? with the engine penalty. I, I, I think five. he was. I think he was fifth. Leclerc was fourth. So Leclerc before was that, really good. he was definitely leading the championship in terms of since his move to Alpha was announced. And in those five races, he'd had a combined forty place. Grid penalty, 
yeah. 40 places in five races and he was Honestly. still leading the championship. Mm, like, that is... very ominous. That's levels, levels it's, since his move's been confirmed. Yeah, it's, I feel like always ending it's very ominous that Mercedes are struggling and... Sorry, not ominous. Ominous, that's the word. Ominous. And Mercedes are struggling and uh, Hamilton might be due one before the end of the season. And maybe Max will as well. See, I, I really just pray that this season isn't decided on engine penalties. I want it to be decided on track. I want someone to do some crazy lunge down the inside. Something to blow my mind. I don't want to see oh, Hamilton's got stuck at the back of the grid or Verstappen's got stuck at the back of the grid because they've exceeded some components, mate. F1 should just write a rule off for the end of the season just so we can get a proper championship battle. It's very funny you say that, Jay, because I literally asked Dan this question last week saying, who do you think is going to win the championship? And you've already kind of given us a bit of your insight because that's what we were saying. We were like, we don't want it to be decided on anything but just their driving performance and their hmm. positions on track nothing about engine penalties and all things like that because that's boring we want the proper racing i want to see gasly probably win the championship but we'll, we'll move <laughs> okay, on to the next I segment mean, uh... <laughs> yeah, let's move on we will talk more about engine penalties um when we speak about the mexican grand prix but what's next what's next additional sprint races for next season happy sad excited um it's, i think it's a no from me it's, it's a no. Well, well mm, let uh, me ask you guys both a question. Right? <laughs> okay, go on. Both of you. Well, okay. On, on a scale of, let's say, from 1 to 10, 10 being love in the sprint races, 1 being you want them gone, what's your opinion on the sprint race? Um, well, are we talking about having them every weekend or just the occasional Well, let's weekend? just say the, the two you've seen so far, what, what's your opinions based on Silverstone and Monza? I think they're good every now and again. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't good isn't a really... Number. Oh, go on, Dan. You, you give the right. rating. I want to see no more than six a season. But then, if there were six a season, I've got to be like an eight. Because do, they do bring action and they do give me something to look forward to on Friday night. What about you, Shaw? Um, I don't know, is the answer. Um, I think five is a bit low, but that's only because... Low? Yeah, only because I'm I'm so unsure. I'm like, I'm in the middle of it still, so maybe more like a six or a seven. But I wouldn't say that I'm the biggest fan of it. I don't feel like it's shaking up that much. Um, it, yeah, it adds a little bit more. But then as well with the sprint qualifying, I forget that it's not a race, and then I start getting into it, and then it ends, and I'm like, oh, well, I want it to keep going. Fair point. Do Would you? Know you... What I mean? Would you two classify yourself as avid F1 fans? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, so, go because I'm just kind of what Ross Braun's been telling me. Well, not me personally, but <laughs> Ross Braun's been saying. He's been On saying the phone, that. having a chat. That norm, yeah, yeah. Mate, me and Ross go way back. We went to school together back in the day. That's how old I am. Um, God, you look no, good. So he you was, look good for your age. Can I, I know, mate. You'd have thought 60 years old. I look it's, like that, this. It's, all, it's all that skin cream. That cream's doing miracles. Mate, honestly, Garnier does magic. Anyway, <laughs> Garnier. I, I, other brands are available. Not um, an ad. Hashtag not an ad. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble with you know like Ofcom or something like that. So uh, Ross Perron said, there we go. He said that the the main critics of the sprint format are avid fans, so like the diehards. And he says mm -hmm. that normal fans, casual fans, are quite into it. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because I do like the fact that Friday night is something to look forward to. You know, like Fridays nowadays, like this weekend, FP1, FP2, you know, they're not bad, but it's not qualifying. There's nothing, you know, to get really excited about. So I do like that part of it. Apparently next year, 
Yeah, Ross Braun did say how many races he expects to see. Six. What are you thinking about that? Um, yeah, I mean, that's okay. At 23. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not hating that idea. One every four races or so. It's not too bad. I'm quite liking oh. that. And also, when I was at Silverstone, the fact that there wasn't a single day where nothing happened made the weekend so much better. So for fans at the track, mm. it's definitely better. It is good. I just want to see it tinkered with. And Ross Braun, he was telling me again this. He was saying that, well, actually two things I think that are on now. First of all, that pole was given to one of the sprint race. That will probably go back to the highest qualifier, which it should be. Um, secondly, more points were given out. So it won't just be first, second and third, three, two, one format. There might be nice. more points given out. Apparently it'll be third point. So whatever a third of 25 is, what's that like? Eight, something like that. Eight points for winner. Maybe go back to the old style, you know, like ten, eight, six, four, two, one. Back in the day when it was um, the top eight thing got points. Back in pre twenty ten, that was pretty cool. Also, he says, I think he listened to me. He heard the podcast and said, you know, took my advice on board because he said that they're looking at making it a separate standalone event. So qualifying will still set the grid for the race, like it does on a normal weekend, and the sprint will be a separate event. So maybe it'll be, I don't know, like you have qualifying Friday. That sets the grid for Sunday. Reverse grid like they do in F2 maybe. I don't That's know. That's what I want. That is what I want. Friday but, qualifying I mean, sets the grid reverse... for Sunday. Reverse the top 10. Have a sprint race on Saturday. Bish, bash, bosh. Mm. Beautiful. I mean, I'm it could still... be good. But it's, it's a bit, you know sure. what I mean, Shaw? Reverse grids are a bit gimmicky, I think. I'm just not 100% sure. Because obviously that's the thing with the qualifying. It almost feels a little bit pointless in a way not pointless but you know someone's done a really good lap and then they have the sprint poly something you know they could get spun off after they've had a really really good you know qualifying mm. position and then that's all gone to waste and it was kind of pointless it's like gasly um, at monza yeah and yeah. i think it yeah it um like if you get a, a driver in a slower car who like over one lap does a really good job gets up to like p5 p6 it's much harder to maintain that over an 18 lap race or something like that rather than over one lap there's you know what i mean there's more chance that the, the guys in the cars will just go past them so it is is different but do you remember what i said ages ago oh go on sure go on sure yeah i was just gonna say i think i like the idea of there being more points um because that's the also that's like the thing that's annoying is that people so say for instance if like you know um the high you know midfield teams will say mclaren and ferrari if they're you know within the top five or even top six they're not really gonna try and push it too much because then you don't want to be giving yourself a bigger deficit for the race on sunday where actually the points really do count so if there's actually points for more than just the top three i think that make it a little bit more exciting um, hmm. But then the reverse grid, I also don't know. I don't know about that. Because then you have people like, you know, Max putting in, he could have like the fastest lap record for a track and then he's starting P10 or whatever it is. And that's just a bit like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought, I don't really like change. That is something Ooh. that I struggle with. Um, I'm, I am I like just the normal format. Um, I quite like, yes, I, I did like the Silverstone vibe was you know friday evening you had quality but it also felt really weird to me um but obviously for practice for us as spectators and fans it's not as exciting because it's more for the teams to be get gathering data sorting out setups and things like that 
Whereas at least we can watch quali and then you have the sprint and then you have that. So I understand. I understand. I just feel very conflicted. I'm very like, I'm being boring and I'm sitting on the fence. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to throw two more scenarios at you guys and you guys can go it. for it. it. Go right. On. So, right. So one of these is Fernando Alonso. So, you know, I say he's first. So he said, right. Yeah, go on then. Friday night, so. you have what one shot quali. Mm. So you one shot quali and then you oh, have wait, it in just re- one lap. Yeah, one shot qualifying. So you and, and you do it in reverse championship order. So also oh. the team. So like whoever's top of the standings will go first. And obviously, oh. like as, as as the track evolves and then the the guys in the slower cars will have a better track to go on. Um, they do that and then that sets the grid for um, a sprint race on Saturday and then you have the normal Grand Prix on Sunday. Which, to be fair, could be quite interesting. I think. It's kind of what Extreme E do a little bit, like the ch- not anymore actually. So changed the qualifying, but the championship yeah. championship leaders used to go out first, and then the track would mm. evolve as you got lower down the order. Which my was, only my only thing which that, I didn't yeah. like in Extreme E. No, I'm not sure if I like that because, as you say, the track evolves, and that's just then unfair on other people. But it evolves well, it so is, much it, that then your car becomes irrelevant. It's to yeah. sort of go well, like is a Haas who's maybe two seconds slower than Mercedes over a lap will that track evolution over an hour or so of qualifying be that different where you can see Mick Schumacher on pole or beating Lewis Hamilton or something like that but my, my only thing with this right, is on pole. it just doesn't make sense <laughs> well we need to get rid of that, that bias that um, just sounds like they're trying to like you know punish Lewis for having a really good car and being a good driver and then having someone in a lower team but then I guess like on... he can make I it know, back though can't he? He, he, he he can make it back I, I don't I don't like that. I think my only thing with the one shot quality and like going in reverse order is that you, you want to see the fastest cars at the end of qualifying. You want to see that, you know, like that it, it builds a crescendo, you know, like the checkered flag drops, people still on their laps. Oh my god, who's gonna go on pole? It's crazy. And the other thing that's a bit dodgy is obviously the weather. That like say it rains halfway through, if you're at the end you're messed or Very if, if it starts like, if, if it starts and it's wet and it dries, then you've got no chance, so it's not too fair. My second thing, my second um, format, I'll, I'll be quick about this one, is, what well, I said a couple of weeks ago, the the order from the previous race sets the sprint race for, and the sprint is on a Friday night. So, yeah, so, so let's say it was uh, this weekend in Mexico, you had a uh, sprint race Friday night, you'd have a slap on pole, Hamilton second, uh, Perez third, you have a sprint race, you know, third of a distance, what's that, 23 laps in Mexico, something like that. Boom, you have that, it's done with, and then you move on, you have qualifying Saturday as normal, Sunday the race, obviously qualifying sets the grid for Sunday, boom. You have, a, you have it as a separate event, as Ross Braun said, and you sort of link it back to the previous race, maybe have FP1 Friday morning, sprint race Friday night, and then yeah, uh, qualifying two, qualifying Saturday, yeah. The only thing that worries me, that might not be the most visually exciting, watching one car at, t- at a time on the track, but I don't know. We have oh, to move on because we're going to run then? out of time. What about my idea? No, that was all right. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you sound enthralled then. No, <laughs> that's all right. Very quickly about sprint races. Like I've said, I'm not completely against it. My main thing is, as long as they put it at tracks where there are lots of overtaking opportunities. So places even like Bahrain, you know, I think Brazil will be great um, next weekend. Uh, Monza I think again as long as we don't see the procession I think Silverstone we started to see that a little bit in the beginning um but yeah I just want to see 
the main point of sprint races, which is to be overtaking and bringing a bit of extra spice to the weekend. Moving on. Nikita Mazepin has been saying a few things, one of which being that he hopes to have an offer from a better team in the future. Now, he's probably not going about that wish in the best way by being like he is on track and off track. I don't know. Like, you've got you've got to run call-ups to bigger teams. And when you look at uh, recent young drivers who are lower teams, you know, Charles Leclerc went from Alpha to, or Sauber to Ferrari. Yeah, you have George this year going from Williams to Mercedes. You know, these drivers are the cream of the crop, you know. And I just don't think Mazepin's at that level yet. I mean, he's, he's been getting absolutely smashed by Mick Schumacher this year, isn't he? So, if anyone does a call-up, it's Mick. And to be fair, does Mickey deserve a call-up? I don't know. What? No, I'm just reading some of his quotes. Oh. Go on, do um, share. Do share. Yes, yeah, so with Auto, Motor and Sport, um, I think it's just quite interesting what he said. Uh, he says, maybe sometimes it comes across... Oh, he was talking about how his current situation would pass. He was saying, maybe sometimes it comes across that way when you're on track fighting against much faster cars and inferior material. You try everything to get a point for the team somehow. Sometimes I make mistakes. I analyse that and try to do better next time. But I certainly don't try to be the bad boy on purpose. Um, and he also mentioned about discussing his criticism regarding his... Um, his figure and how he's kind of perceived by uh, the fans and public. He says he doesn't feel it at all. Of course, there was justified criticism of what happened before the season. Some people already had their preconceived opinions, but you have to stay true to yourself. You always learn and develop. I was just a teenager. I'm here in this paddock to make my dream, uh, to make my make my team and my father proud. There we go. Um, and my father proud. Yeah, uh, and then that's when he went on to saying he would hopefully like to get an offer from a better team at some point. I just think this is his debut season in F1. I think, you know, he's just got to wait if that's what he wants to achieve. No offence to him, but he hasn't showcased enough of a reason to be moving on. Like Jay said, he's getting smashed by Schumacher within qualifying anyways, like every week. He has overtaken his... Um, teammate you know he has not finished always last um, but yeah I think it's very much too soon to be saying I think I deserve to kind of move up especially yeah. with what the I other drivers what have been saying the fact is he was fifth in Formula 2 Callum Eilert, Robert Schwartzman both should have been in F1 ahead of him and they weren't 100% because he's rich so yeah. I find Where's it hard the three? to get past that. he won F2 and he's not in, he's not <laughs> in there it so it's different ridiculous year. No, no, but... no, but everyone else has gone into F1 apart from Nick DeVries, and it makes me so upset that know, people like Mazepin can just buy their way in. I still think Mercedes let Nick DeVries down with that Williams seat. I think that was absolutely, awful from that. Absolutely. Yeah. The fact that they let a Red Bull driver in that over them is shocking. But anyway, speaking of Formula 2, Lerim Zendeli has dropped out of the rest of the Formula 2 season due to financial reasons, which he said were... Mainly down to the pandemic, but he was struggling financially anyway, which is really sad to see when a driver drops out because of money, and some drivers can buy their way to Formula One. Um, but Clement Novelak is replacing him for the rest of 2021 and will race in 2022 for MP Motorsport. Nice to see a new face, but it is a shame that money still drives the sport so much. That's why Callum Eilat had to leave F2, even though he was second. He just couldn't afford to race for another year. 
Do you know what as well is that an era where you know so much about Formula One is reducing the cost, you know the cost caps, all these sort of new technical regulations which are aimed to make the teams more sustainable. The drivers themselves, especially the ones who are trying to break into F1, you need to be really rich to have really good sponsors, otherwise you've got no chance. And I mean, for some reason, Dan, I don't know whether that's Lewis Hamilton outside your window, or whatever. But isn't it just? It's, it's so sad that, like you said, money still drives the sport. And I can't really think of any other sports where money is so important. And obviously, I know, you know, the the equipment they're using is worth millions of pounds. But look at other top sports; you won't see these kind of barriers to entry. And it's sad that they still they still um, persist. Sorry, I literally do have what sounds like Valentino Rossi driving up and down outside my window, but never mind. Um, yeah, it is, and it is a real shame because, you know, it, it's every year money matters more, it seems. It's like Lewis Hamilton didn't come from a rich background. Like, even Esteban Ocon, he came from nothing, but it would be so hard to do what he did in today's world, even though that was only a matter of years ago for Esteban Ocon. Of all the recent drivers, there's only three I can think who haven't come from rich backgrounds. It's just that's obviously Hamilton and Ocon and uh, Magnussen. I don't think Magnussen was very rich. I think he came from quite humble beginnings. Um, I think the rest of them all had, you know, well-off parents, let's say. Yeah. And obviously there's there's a lot of talent out there who just don't have that kind of money. They will never grace the likes of the Heights of Motorsport just because they can't afford it and... From a fan's point of view, that's sad to see. It is. It's really sad to see. But, you know, we just we need to find ways of, of changing it. But whatever we say here is no one's going to listen to that. But it is it is a shame. Anyway, before we have the next round of the Nerds vs. Fans quiz, it is time for the Mexican Grand Prix preview. The start of a triple header. I cannot wait. Um, let's look back to the 2019 Mexican Grand Prix, which is the last time we had a Grand Prix in Mexico due to coronavirus. Um, Hamilton won the race. Vettel was second. Bottas was third. Leclerc fourth. Albon fifth. It's hard to do a one-stop in Mexico. It's possible, but it can be tricky. It will be a mixture of one and two stops, I think. Then Rosberg did three stops a couple of times when he was racing in F1. Um, Pirelli have got the C2, C3 and C4 compound of tyre, so mid-range. Tyre wear is not massive on that track. It's typically a Red Bull track, but it is very high altitude, which stresses the engines a lot. And one interesting point that I read before the weekend was that Mercedes has said that they're willing to go all out, even if it risks an engine, which I thought was very interesting, given their engine situation at the moment I, yeah. isn't I've... great. I thought Mercedes would maybe go with a bit of damage limitation here, maybe try get Hamilton second, sort of accept you're going to lose seven points and then really go for it, uh, especially in the Middle Eastern races and try and come back. Do you know what I'm looking forward to most about Mexico? The dash to turn one, because that, that pit straight is insanely long. I, I can't think of, 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 of a run to turn one that's longer. Maybe, maybe, maybe... Russia? Barcelona, yeah, maybe Russia, maybe Barcelona, probably Russia. But it is long... And I was, I'm looking forward to seeing the cars, you know, ducking in and out of the slipstreams. I think whoever's on pole will not make it down to turn one in the lead. Oh, don't you? So do you think there'll I be think a bit of mind third. games going on? I, I think you want to probably start third to benefit so, from that slipstream. Hmm. Interesting. Because my assumption is that Max will be on pole. 
Um, with this, you know, everyone's saying that this is going to be easy Red Bull track. Max is, as we all know, in insane form. So my assumption would be that he'd be on pole. But actually, like you're saying, Jay, could that actually not be a good thing for him? I think Red Bull need to have Perez second. You know, try and mm. slow down a charge in Hamilton, especially on that first lap. You did the long it last straight. time in Austin. Yeah, yeah. You, you got the long straight, and then you got the two or three little corners, and then another long straight. So Verstappen needs that buffer, and Perez needs to play that role. Otherwise, I can see Mercedes leading at the end of the first lap. And that's the thing to add to that. We need Bottas to be up there within the top four. Because we've seen how important second driver is, especially from Austin with Perez. So Let's hope Bottas they don't give him a frigging engine penalty. In the mix. Then. Well, I'm feeling like he he will be in the mix as long as, like you say, Dan, there's no engine penalty. And um, I wouldn't count that out. <laughs> I mean, you never know. I mean, Lewis uh, Hamilton has to win this Grand Prix. I he know. has to win this Grand Prix to keep the championship alive. Really, it's going to slip. Do you think? Out of reach. Do you think? I'm so nervous. He has 20... to win the Grand Prix, I mean, or Max if... has to be far down. If he loses, or, or say he comes second and Verstappen wins, that's like 21 points. I think that's bridgeable. I think he can win the three races in Middle East. Well, this is what everyone is saying, though, is that obviously the next two tracks, Mexico and Brazil, are leaning more towards Red Bull. But everyone is then saying the next three, so that's Qatar, Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi, will be Mercedes then Lewis still has that chance. And I find that so interesting because it does feel a little bit like it is slipping away from him. It does, it does indeed. I've just looked up the 2019 uh, Mexico Grand Prix and that kind of backs up what you say, to be honest, Jay. You know, Max qualified first, but he started fifth. So I'm assuming he had some, he started fourth, so he must have had some form of penalty. But he was over four tenths quicker than Leclerc in qualifying. And Leclerc was second. Hamilton was fourth and won the race. Bottas was sixth and came third. So maybe pole isn't everything at the Mexican Grand Prix. I think it's probably poor. What would you say? Maybe there? That that is probably the track where pole means the least. I'd say in the whole Canada. Maybe there in like Canada. Like Canada on the Canada this year, so there's more. I, I can't think of a track where pole means least. Maybe maybe Russia, because Russia, you know, like this year, even Lando got passed down to someone by Carlos. Yeah, so. you don't want pole in Russia. You know, it's, it's one of them ones. But I mean, looking forward to it. Yeah, second drivers, as you said, will make a massive, massive difference. It's Perez's home race. There's absolute Perez mania from the media pictures that I've seen so far today. So there's there's pressure on him. There There is pressure yeah. on Sergio Perez. Can he cope with it? I have to say, I'm actually really excited to see Perez drive through, you know, the stadium part and see all those fans absolutely lose it especially with him and the red bull oh my goodness i think it's gonna be so exciting um but yeah i i'm really holding out for lewis to do well this weekend i really really want him i'd love him to win but i just really would love him to be ahead of max no matter what he's in a race winning car isn't he perez Mm. so he can win this race sorry jay i I was say exactly what you said then he can win this race but i don't think he will unless there's some kind of scenario where maybe he's first Hamilton's second and Verstappen's third and there's no way he wins this race because yeah. you know Red like if he's one and two and Perez is being Verstappen they will, they will definitely swap them around which is a hard call to make and I'm sure 
Perez will not really want to be given up first place at his home Grand Prix. Be the first time he ever wins at home. But I think he probably will have to. But I think Perez understands, though. Like, I don't think he'll be upset or salty about it. He completely understands his position within the team. And he knows that Max is first. He comes first. So as much as I know he would love a home win, I don't think it's actually going to be very likely. But yeah, they would 100% swap them around. No way. You say that, but then again, everyone said, oh, Bottas is never going to get another win. But because Hamilton was nowhere in Turkey, he did. So it needs to be that scenario where your teammate yeah. isn't behind you, as we've said. Right, let's run you through the press conference pairings. Daniel Ricciardo is with the home hero Sergio Perez. Kimi Raikkonen is with Esteban Ocon. Fernando Alonso with Charles Leclerc. Lance Stroll with Mick Schumacher. Antonio Giovanazzi with Lando Norris. Nikita Mazepin with Lewis Hamilton. Ooh, that's polar opposites, isn't it? Carlos Sainz with Nicholas Latifi. Yuki Sonoda with Sebastian Vettel. Max Verstappen with Valtteri Bottas, which is interesting because those two will be going hell for leather against each other for the rest of the weekend. And Pierre Gasly's with George Russell. So that is that. Press conference hasn't started as we're recording this, so we can't bring you any particular news from that. But yeah, we'll see. Will there be an engine penalty? Who knows? And this weekend has 0% of chance of rain. So Thank completely God dry. For that sunny and cloudy it's gonna be dry it's all gonna be down to this pit stops and racing let's go that's the best way isn't it i think yeah. after spa it, it, the weather stresses me out too much now i actually don't want any more wet races <laughs> honestly i don't year. think we should i don't think we nah, will so we nah. should be fine oh i want to see a, ra- a wet nah, race nah, nah, nah. Oh, Stop it, in brazil hey jude in no. brazil no. brazil though when when it rains in brazil it's never dull I know, when it rains, it pours when it's in Brazil, so that could I'm be scared. quite... I'm <laughs> scared. I, I want to see... Race. I want to see, like, a, a Brazil 2012. I mean, I know it's not a title decider, but sank along them lines in, in the Lagos would be beautiful. True. Very true. All right. It's time to make a prediction for the Mexican Grand Prix. A bold one. Who wants to go first? I'm going to blow the roof off. I'm going to say Perez DNF. Oh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> what um, what kind of DNF? A crash or a... You can just have DNF, obviously, but what... Okay, just... I was about to say, how precise are we getting here? I reckon he's going to be spun out at turn one. Oh, so he doesn't even make it round a lap. Oh, you predicted you predicted that for Max at Zandvoort as well. You just you've got a vendetta against home yeah. heroes. <laughs> <laughs> you you watch when we get to. Oh wait, there's no one else on the. There's no other home Grand Prix left of this, is there? There's no Brazilians. There's no Qataris. There's no Saudis, and there's no. No. Abu Dhabians. That's definitely what they're called. Abu Dhabians. <laughs> I don't know. UAE. I don't know what they're called. Emirati. Is that what they're called? I don't know. But no, yeah, it's a type um, of biscuit, isn't it? Emirati. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I think it's a type of biscuit. I don't know. It's like an Arthur thing, isn't it? I'm not getting involved in denonymous. Um, I just think Paris will crash out of town one. That's what I'm going to say. All right, Charlotte? Um, I I think this is bold. I'm going to say Mercedes 1 and 2. I think that is bold. Uh, I think it is bold. You know know. Maybe early in the season I would have said no, but the way it's looking... The way it's looking, everyone's going, oh, it's his Red Bull, it's Red Bull. And... It's not really looking likely, so 
Let's see. All right. There is no chance that mine is going to happen, but I am going bold. I'm going to say Sergio Perez crashes Lewis Hamilton out of the race. That's what I'm going to say. Perez causes an incident that makes Hamilton retire. I love how this is just a prediction. I love how this is just a prediction and I'm actually annoyed at the thought of that. Like, I will be so (laughs) angry. I was like, oh, how dare he? And I'm like, no, that's just what you're predicting. That's what I'm going for. Sergio (laughs) Perez removes Lewis Hamilton from the Mexican Grand Prix. Mm. Removes. That's an interesting way. That is removes. Bold. (laughs) That is, what, what's what's bold? That is like, that's not italics, it's not underlined. That is the bold button on Microsoft Word. It's bolder than washing detergent. That's how bold it is. That is bold. That is Very bold. Very bold. <laughs> wow. If you want a drinking game, listening along, every time we've just said the word bold, take a shot, we've said it a lot. It'd be absolutely cream-crackered. Um, yeah, 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 by the end of it. All right, Charlotte, if you can pop yourself on mute, because it is now time for the fifth edition of the Cup to the Race Nerds versus Fans Quiz. And today we are joined by Fraser. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Jay, you still all good? Me, I'm all good. I'm a bit nervous. I don't like doing these, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Now, I've never been more excited to ask this question in my life. Fraser, who's your favourite driver? <laughs> Valtteri Bottas. Yes! Have it. Get in there. Yeah. Beautiful. Bottas wins. Bottas wins. Beautiful stuff. Jay with the in between as reference. This is going. This is going yeah, yeah. swimmingly. Um. So yeah, do you want to tell everyone other than Bottas who you like? What's your favourite track? Favourite teams? Oh, f- uh, favourite team. Uh, it's got to be Mercedes. Uh, favourite track probably Silverstone Spa. Um, Suzuka. A lot of uh, that a is lot a great of selection. That's a great a selection. Yeah. I never thought I'd have a Bottas well. fan on the podcast. I'm so happy right now. Honestly, I'm Dan, so happy. Dan, you've got a job to do, mate. You, you need to calm yourself sorry, down. Sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Everyone knows how these work by now. 15 questions. Write your, ans- write your answer down. We'll go through them. If you want to be on this quiz, email me, dan at formulanerds.com, and we will get you on the show. Okay, let's get started. Question one. What team did Michael Schumacher... Make his Formula One debut for. Okay, and you both look like you've got an answer. Jay, I'm going to come to you first on this one. I've Jordan. Okay, Fraser, what have you gone for? Jordan. You are both absolutely correct. That is one point each. Thank God. That's a strong start. Okay, question two. How many Andrettis have raced in Formula One? How many Andrettis? raced in Formula One. Okay, Fraser, coming to you first on this one. Uh, I was thinking two, Michael and Mario. Jay? I've also put two, Father and Son. Could you name them, though? Uh, You know what, I couldn't pay you Son's (laughs) name. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Well done. This is a very impressive start. I'm feeling a high score coming on here. Two from two. Question three. What year was the Halo introduced? Onto F1 cars. Okay, Jay. I've got on 2018. Fraser. 2018. That is absolutely correct. Three from three. This is impressive stuff. Okay. Question number four. The current score to beat, by the way, is seven. 
so you can go to the top of the fans leaderboard Fraser if you beat seven Jay you're doing it purely for nerd pride what town is Lewis Hamilton from what British town is Lewis Hamilton from okay Fraser you first Stevenage yeah I also went Stevenage down I know it's close to you so it's correct it's correct not, well, yeah, fairly close to me, I guess. Not quite in Stevenage. Question number five. What year did Sky take over the F1 reigns? What year did Sky take over F1 coverage? You got an answer, Jay? You look a bit confused. Oh, the pressure's going to get to him. Fraser's written it. Bish bash bosh. Confident. <sighs> Mate, that's okay. hard, you know. That's hard. Jay, it's you first. I'm in 2012. Okay. Fraser? Yeah, I went 2012 as well. <laughs> it's 2012. Oh, I, yes. I must have made this round too easy. Damn. Okay. Fraser's definitely beating the fan score. We've got five from five. Five from five. We only need to beat seven. This is, this is incredible stuff. Okay, this question is quite tricky. Question six. During the Monaco Grand Prix one year, Murray Walker known for his Murrayisms, said, there's a dry line appearing in the tunnel. And then he paused as he realised what he'd said and how it was a bit silly. What did he say following that? The Monaco Grand Prix, Murray Walker goes, there's a dry line appearing in the tunnel. He then paused and said something else, realising that he'd said something slightly silly. What line followed that? Both thinking... Maybe I'll, have I finally caught them out? Please, please. You've, you've definitely caught me out here. All right, uh, Fraser, you yeah. are first on this one. Uh, I'm really what? not sure about this one. Uh, apologies while I interrupt myself. Oh, that's a very good guess. Jay? That was very, I just said there's always a dry line in there. That is very good guess. All right, now apologies while I interrupt my, or excuse me while I interrupt myself is something Murray Walker said, but it is not what he said after yeah. this. Murray Walker said, there's a dry line appearing in the tunnel, which is obvious really, as it has a roof. That is what Murray Walker uh, said. There's a dry uh, line appearing in the uh, tunnel, which is obvious really, because it has a roof. Murray Walker at his brilliant best. That, that no is probably points. the hardest question you've ever done on this quiz. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Question number seven. What year did Michael Schumacher finish on the podium every single race? Only one of those was P3 as well. See, Fraser definitely knows this because he was very quick to write it down. Because I'm in a generous mood, I'm going to help you out a little bit. It's an Anne-Marie song. Easy which if, 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 You think I listen to Anne-Marie? It's a famous song. Everyone's heard it. Okay, uh, Jay, your first championships. I put 03. Fraser? 2002. Oh, no! You must have heard that song. You must have heard that Anne-Marie song. Question 8. Where did Damon Hill take his first ever Formula 1 victory? Look, Damon Hill, he's Where did Damon Hill take his first ever Formula 1 victory? Fraser's got it again. Instantly. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not. I'm yeah, so it looks very good, by the way. I think it's here. 
Right, uh, for Razor, you're first on this one. Hungry. Yeah. Jay? Cool. I got it right, yeah. Hungry, I think it's an Arrows car. That is correct. So that's why I hear that one. Pretty good. Okay, little bit of a left turn now for question nine. Score is currently 7 6 to Fraser. So you literally need to get one more right and you're at the top of the fans leaderboard. Who wrote the Super Max song? Which goes like this Max, 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 Super Max, Max, Super, Super Max, 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 Super Max, Max, Super. Who wrote that? Dan, mate, you're taking a mix. Who wrote that? If, wait, if, Fraser, if Fraser gets this one, then honestly, he's the greatest F1 fan I've ever in my whole life. I knew this before I wrote the quiz. This is one of the few that I did know. Give you some time to think, Jay. It could literally be just anyone. Um, oh, it's going to be like a Dutch singer, isn't it? Super Max, Max, Super, Super Max, 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 Super Max. Okay, Jay. Uh, I put Joss Verstappen. <laughs> Fraser. Us. Oh, this was the Pit Stop Boys, not the Pet Shop Boys. The Pit Stop uh. Boys. They wrote the original one. And uh, what a tune it that, is as well. That is a stink of a question. Okay, no, there's a follow-up question. There's a follow-up question. Question ten. Which race was it written after? So a significant Max Verstappen race. What race was this song written after? Fraser? Uh, Spain 2016. Yeah, Jay? I said for, for Spain 2016. That is correct. It was Spain 2016. Verstappen's first ever Formula One victory, of course. This is high scoring. This is so high scoring. I must have made this quiz too easy, or you're just both good. Okay, question 11. Who won the GP2 title in 2016? You have to do a little bit of maths. Kind of. Count back. 16. 16. The, the year of the Rio Olympics. Okay. I'm not sure who I'm coming to first on this one. So, Jay, I'll go to you. Who, uh, who do you think? Stoffel van Dorn. Stoffel van Dorn. Fraser, who have you gone for? Um, I said Gasly. Jay, who's your favourite driver? He's a 2016 though. I thought Gasly was 2017. No, no that Leclerc was 2017. Oh no, of course. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I shouldn't swear. I knew, why did I put Stoffel for? I got my years mixed up. Oh, Jay, your favourite driver's Gasly and you made a howler there. Oh, I've had a mare. That's an absolute shocker. Hey, that's, okay. that's going to annoy me for the rest of the week. <laughs> Question 12. What is the final corner at Silverstone called? Fraser's just gone round all the corners. That's very impressive. <laughs> Fraser, coming to you first on this one. Uh, club? Not actually sure. Yeah, no, Jay? It's club. It's club. It is, it is, it is club. Yeah. Very, very oh, good. Very, very good. Oh, I can't remember wrong one still. Move on quickly. I'm still fuming. I'm fuming. It's going to haunt you forever now. 
Who won the 2019 Belgian Grand Prix? 2019 Belgian Grand Prix. Jay, I'm coming to you first this time. Uh, I do believe it was Mr. Charles Leclerc. Fraser. Yeah, put the same, Leclerc. Absolutely right. This is such a high scoring round. Charles Leclerc, 2019 Italian Grand Prix. Question 14. What team did Alain Prost make his Formula One debut with? Fraser's nodded his head. Fraser's reactions just scare me because it's like he just knows everything. It actually is. How, how old are you, Fraser? Uh, 16. 16, he knows all how, this. How old, how old are you, Jay? It doesn't, it doesn't matter how old I am. Look. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel old. Alright, question 14. Jay, coming to you first. What team did Alain Prost make his debut with? Uh, I have no idea, but Stuart. Okay. Fraser? Uh, McLaren? Yep. <laughs> it was is indeed it McLaren. McLaren. Hey, he's too good. He is too good. This is this is quite incredible actually. Okay, final question. I'm not sure I'm going to need my tiebreaker, but <laughs> question 15. Final question. What year did Esteban Ocon return to Formula 1 after a year on the sidelines? What year did he return to Formula 1? I can't remember who I'm coming to you first. Jay, I believe it's... Yeah. No, it's Fraser. Uh, it's Fraser. It's Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, uh, I went for 2020. Yeah, it was last year. Renault. It was indeed last year. <sighs> Mate, that is quite phenomenal. Yeah. Jay, you have scored the highest of any nerd so far, but Fraser got 13 and therefore is the winner. <laughs> That is amazing. You know what, mate? Credit where I think due. either that quiz was way Thanks. too easy, or you were just ridiculously good at Formula One knowledge. You know what? Yeah. N normally, like, if I lost, I'd be a bit like, oh. But Fraser was just that good. Like, sometimes you just got to applaud greatness. Just, just, just got to that was great. Bow down, mate. That okay. Was superb. Thank you. As much as the tiebreak, tiebreak isn't needed. But I will say the tiebreak anyway, and we'll see who would have got the tiebreak. Mercedes had a stinker in Monaco this year during Valtteri Bottas' pit stop. Gives me nightmares every night. I hate it. How long yes. yeah. was the time between VB stopping in the box and the tyre actually being removed? How long was it? Wait, what, what format do you want it in? <laughs> Hours and minutes. Okay. <laughs> Bear in mind a pit stop is normally tenths of seconds. I want this in hours and minutes. This is the worst moment of the season so far for me. And Fraser just nodded as well. Absolutely. See, right. Uh, yeah. How Fraser's long? How long Fraser have you gone for? A second. Fraser. Um, you know, I'm actually not sure on this one. Uh, I'm about to get the Mercedes question wrong. Uh, 118 hours. I put 56 hours, 12 minutes. 
it's 43 hours 15 minutes so jay you would have been closer but it's I mean, totally mate, irrelevant it does not matter at all how did i get so far off <laughs> totally irrelevant that is formula one that is a phenomenal performance 13 out of 15. um yeah if you want to come along and beat that Give me an email down at formulanerds.com, but you will do very well because I'm not sure that will be beaten. Fraser, thank you very much for coming on. Very, very well done. Guy Jay, the, what do you want to say? The two that Fraser got wrong were ridiculously hard as well. What was it? It was the Murray Walker one, which is well beyond uh, Fraser's the time. Supermax. And, and who wrote and Supermax? Supermax. Yeah, so, that, is, mean, that, is, that is simply phenomenal. Come along and be that if you think you can, but good luck. Well, that quiz was quite something. Jay, you did blimmin' amazing there, and you still didn't win. Do you know, do you know what? There's some times in life where you need to fix it that you lost to the better man. I thought I'd done really well. I mean, what, what did I get? I got like 11, 12? 12, and the fact I that I, I lost to someone who's younger than me, how old is he? Like 16? 16. He, mate, the fact that... And there's questions in that quiz which definitely preceded his lifetime and my lifetime. Yeah, the Murray it. Walker one was a bit harsh, I have to admit. But like, even the um, Damon Hill and the Arrows at Hungary, like, he shouldn't know that. He's 16, he shouldn't <laughs> know that. I mean, so anyway, look, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna be too hard on myself. I'm, I'm quite competitive, but there's times where you just need to give someone a round of applause and fair play. I tell you what, though, I'm happy it was you and it weren't me. Yeah. I, nah, you'd I... never lose a quiz, would you, Charlotte? Well, ha, 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 Dan. Um, well, now, ha, wait, hold on. Why are we ripping into me when Jay just lost? Because Jay got 12. <laughs> you forgot how long the secure track was. You forgot what the secure track was. Okay. Thank you for reminding everybody. Oh, um, I love this Yeah, segment. I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know what to say. Well done, Jay, nonetheless. Uh, but even bigger congratulations to Fraser. Wow, I'm gobsmacked. Incredible. Wow. <laughs> that is all we have time for on this week's Cut to the Race News Roundup show. We have spoken about the news, we have previewed the Mexican Grand Prix, and we have had a Fans vs Nerds quiz. Next week, we will have more news. We will be previewing the Brazilian Grand Prix, which of course has a sprint race, and we will be revisiting our predictions to see if Sergio Perez did indeed crash Lewis Hamilton out of the Mexican Grand Prix. Imagine the scenes, imagine the scenes. It has been a legendary couple of hours with you guys. Charlotte, thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. What a legendary time we've had. Hey, that's my <laughs> word. That's my word. Jay, thanks for coming along. Do you know what? I was going to think, one quick closing thought, oh. is that if Dan's prediction comes true, people will not believe this was recorded the Thursday before the race. They would definitely yeah. believe we done it on like the, the, the day after. But it will be so... at least before the race. So... Oh yeah, of course it will. Yeah. Oh yeah, my bad. Okay, ignore me. Goodbye, people. <laughs> no, it will be released before the race, so they can't they can't use that excuse. But all I'm saying is, if that does come oh. true, I'm a genius. Maybe Dan can time travel. All of us could come... No, they couldn't, because Charlotte said no. look, one, two. But mine and no, Jay's could yours... come true. That's the thing. If yours comes true, mine is out the window. Yeah, ooh. And if yours comes true, mine's out the window. I need Maybe I should Jay's have just said a Red Bull crashes Lewis Hamilton out. Oh, well, too late. I've done it now. I've said Sergio Perez. Thank you guys very much for listening. We will see everybody next week. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.